following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 50. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. We're here after day two of the Suns Summer League. Got another W against the Kings. We'll touch on that. But to start off the show, we're going to be talking about Devin Booker signing that big contract extension. My name's Charlie Erling. I have Dab and Mitch Krumpetich and David McGraw with me. What's up, guys? You know, still here in Vegas. Things are going really well. Another win. Always good. Booker signed an extension. Very, very, very good. But I'm happy for a couple other reasons. One, shout out to Cesar CP or Cesper. There, there were two names left on the iTunes review. Thanks for leaving a review from Puerto Rico. Really exciting. Love our international fans. Um, Keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. You'll get a shout-out just like that. Um, And then also Instagram, at SunnyandPHXPod. Twitter, Instagram. Follow us there. We're doing some updates from the games. And if there's anything you want to see specifically, let us know on there. Is Puerto Rico that, like, I mean, that's, that's like U.S. territory still, right? Yeah, it's still cool, though. I mean, it is, yeah, I know. That always, like, throws me for a loop, like, uh, that is. But thank you from, of course, Cesar (laughs) and anyone else that uh, is not necessarily in the 50 states that reviews and all that stuff. Do we give special shout-outs to guys in Alaska and Hawaii, too, or? If you you put you're from Alaska (laughs) or Hawaii in the review, then I'll say you're from there, because that's cool, too. (laughs) Okay, so first off, the Devin Booker contract. We have a five-year extension, $158 million. And we got a tweet this morning from Scott Bordeaux from AZ Central, and he said that this contract is five years, no player option on that last year. So five full years of Devin Booker guaranteed. We're excited. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, When you said that it was five years and there wasn't an option... I, I seemed like that wasn't right because all these guys always have that. It's like that four plus one that's the max deal because, you know, it adds this flexibility thing. You can get more money and all that stuff. But having no options on the deal is pretty big time. And that tells you where Devin is with the Suns organization right now. Yeah, I mean, excited is an understatement. Booker is our present and our future. We all love him. Um, I was just reminiscing on Booker's first steps as a son. And, you know, I remember drafting him and thinking, if he's Clay Thompson light, that would be cool. Like, great spot-up shooter, but so much more than that. And just thinking about, you know, the first season, him coming off the bench and then really lighting it up. We've got the 70-point game. We've got when he dropped 40-plus against Philly. He's just a special player. And I think most people who follow basketball recognize that now. But, I mean, the, the money, the numbers, they really speak to that. He's the $158 million man. He deserves it all. 
And I heard when he saw the contract for the first time, he said, Tyler Hulis? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're all really excited. Definitely getting five more years of Booker. And uh, just with all the young talent on the team, you know Devin likes who he's surrounded by now, especially with Aiton. And we, we just got plenty of guys that can play around him. Let, let me put this in perspective a little bit, too. When I was reading this tweet about the, the lack of an option, Devin Booker will be under contract with the Phoenix Suns in the 2023-24 season. Isn't that so weird to it, hear? It feels like a <laughs> long time from now. It's, I don't know. It's great. It's definitely great, and... Uh... You know, I'm excited, and he was at uh, Summer League yesterday, slash whenever, on sec- day two of Summer League, we'll say, for whenever you're listening to this. Um, he was there day two of Summer League, he's excited to be around the guys, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Interesting note, we didn't see this but since we were at the game, but Coach Calipari kind of broke the news. When he was he was with the announcers for the game at Summer League, and apparently he said Devin Booker just signed a hundred and sixty million dollar contract. I'm never picking up the tab with him again. So, uh, new Woj. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Calipari bomb. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns are lasered in on giving Booker an extension. <laughs> All signs point to. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, obviously excited about Booker's extension, but we're also excited that Coach Kokoshkov is undefeated at Summer League with the Suns. We're 2-0. and Took the victory against the Kings, 71-63. to Game started off real slow. I, uh, it was a little bit boring for Summer League action. I gotta say it was a, a touch boring, but things really picked up as we went on through the game, and we got to see our one of our rookies in particular really shine in this one. DeAndre Ayton put up 21 points, had 12 rebounds, one steal, and one block. And we talked a bit about this last night at the game, but the thing we noticed was the rebounding. It seems like he put in a lot of effort there. And then grabbing five of those boards on the offensive end that's that's a great sign and when you're seven foot one and you can get the ball right under the rim like that by grabbing a board that's going to be two points most of the time and we love seeing that yeah Aiden looks so much more comfortable out there in this second game and he just had some bounces go his way in the first game he just had some unlucky bounces and that's always going to happen but he did a really good job of tipping the ball to himself when he couldn't quite grab it with both hands. Just give it a little bit of a tip to get, give yourself a second to get better possession, better position, sorry, and then take possession of the ball. And yeah, did a great job with that. Looked a lot stronger, a lot more aggressive on the boards. Um, just overall, so much more comfortable with the whole game. Those jitters are out of the way now. Yeah, and I, I wanted, I was gonna myself bring up the like kind of tips to himself sometimes if you're a guy to get that like kind of rebound flow going you see some of these guys start kind of to get if they're not in the best position try and tip it to themselves and that's what he's doing and it was nice to see that and him get those bounces his way instead of just like kind of missing it that we saw a little bit in game one and I, I think 
it definitely helped him a little bit. The Mavs are playing some like really solid D and just doubling him and fronting him the entire time when we played them. Didn't really have that as much in Sacramento, minus bad entry passes, but um, that, that was a little bit more prevalent early in the game. Okay, we got to touch on this a little bit. I'm not convinced that they were all terrible entry passes. Yes, a couple of them were just bad. But I think Aiden has to go to the ball to get the ball when he's in the post. First, you got to seal him off and get position. Then you got to go catch the ball. You can't just let a guy jump over you and tip the pass away like I think happened a couple times. So not all the blames on Aiden, not all the blames on the entry passes. But, I mean, these guys are still new playing together. I think uh, it will come with time. The chemistry will come with time. And that's that's fair. And just kind of to put this on the podcasters, I'm not, I almost want to not say that, um, that it might be some of the teaching it comes to with that. I'm not entirely convinced that these guys are getting taught how to post up all the time. And I know you guys have mentioned that, uh, kind of off air that it's something that you learn really easily, but if you're a little late coming to the game, I could see it when like, you're just kind of taught to try and get your position, not hold back to not necessarily think about the, you need to kind of jump towards the ball, even if it gives up a little of your post position. And I, I think that's definitely something that's going on with Aiton, that he doesn't necessarily have the idea to do that yet, or try and push back into the post a little bit more, so that when he jumps, he's in the position he wants to be in. Here's what I think about this, though. Every coach who coaches low post players is going to tell them to jump to the ball. It's like the one of the first things you're going to learn. I just think in college, Aiton didn't have to do that. And probably before that, he didn't have to really worry about this because he was just so much bigger. Even in summer league, he's facing guys who are bigger and stronger and faster than he is used to facing. And so he could have just gotten a little bit complacent with these little things like jumping to the ball in the post. So, you know, that'll come as he continues to adjust. That's just what I think. Right. And you say the word complacent, and that makes me look at DeAndre... Aiton's whole game through Summer League here. It seems like he's not going 110% balls to the wall, but he is doing enough to look good and be efficient. So I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle of whether I want to see more effort out of him or I just want to see the building blocks start to come in place right now. Uh, I mean, I think I'm excited because he can put up 21 and 12 giving about 60% effort. Yeah, I mean, there were times where we were like, oh man, I wish he would have gone up there, but he made a pass instead, and it was a smart pass, and you know, like, not just going to get hammered or any of that kind of stuff, where he probably could have just been aggressive and like went for it, but he passed out instead. And I, I think that that'll, that'll start to show up a little bit more, but if you don't really have to do it, I, uh, that's one of this whole thing of his college career of, you know, you're going up against these guys, you can get all your stuff. You're not going to risk doing something and like that it could bring injury or could do a bunch of other stuff for something like that. And I'm not entirely sure that the Suns are like, all right, we need you to show your full aggressiveness right now, right here. Instead of just thinking, Oh, we need to figure out the best ways to utilize your strengths. Right. Well, on that injury piece, Marvin Bagley was going really hard all out the whole game and he got hurt. 
not saying that every guy who goes all out is going to get hurt, but like, yeah, we take this seriously, but it's still summer league. We've got October to June to worry about. Right. And you know what? Just Aiden, things seem to be coming pretty easy for him here in the summer league. And we just mentioned Bagley. I think it's the opposite for Bagley. They're, they're really leaning on him to kind of do it all, but he's, he's only shooting like 33% from the floor through the whole summer league. And uh, that one number one pick versus number two pick matchup that was kind of getting hyped up, you know, Aiton just looked like the better player, and it just looked so easy for him compared to Bagley. Yeah, I mean... And getting these stats from Bagley, he has played in the entire California Classic already, too. So there are a lot of games to pull from. Really, his only real standout game was where he was going up against Mo Wagner in the post. Like, he, he, he's, that was like an easy one. And since then, Fox has been out, too. So you can tribute that a little bit. But it's just been a little tougher for him. He's had a, a lot of tough shooting times uh, in this game against us. Like, it just seemed like he was just breaking it and airballing it when he was trying to hit those jump shots. Speaking of bricks, I think we have to talk about Dragon Bender a little bit after this performance. Uh, he was out there for 24 minutes, scored zero points, grabbed five rebounds, had a few fouls, had a few turnovers. Just a really ugly stat line for a third-year pro guy playing summer league. It's really disheartening. I want to like Dragon Bender so bad but he makes it very difficult. Yeah, he really does. Like these last these last two games, like or these two games at Summer League have been so bad. I just like he has to have this, but like it gets to a point it's like why are we playing him? Like we could be getting some minutes from something else like Bender's going to end up being on the team whether he's garbage in Summer League or not, it feels like. And I don't I just I'm not entirely sure this is helping him. It's not helping him, but what would help him at this point? It seems like he's got to be in live action against big, strong and fast guys if he wants to improve and it, we just haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would help him. I don't know what would get like get him help and that's also kind of frustrating. Like I just have no idea like what do we do to get, like, this guy that's supposed to, like, be able to, like, be this kind of jack-of-all-trades kind of guy and do a little bit of whatever you need him to do but not necessarily be elite at anything? But, like, I take kind of all right at something right now and over anything, like, that right. we have. Yep, just seems like a really, really slow start out of Bender here at Summer League. And if you look back to last season, I, I think he put up one big game. With over 20 points, I believe it was a double-double. I don't remember the stats from last year, but I don't expect to see that out of him at Summer League, but a little something. you got to get a bucket out there if you're going to play 24 minutes. Give me 10 and 5. If Bender has 10 and 5. Give me 8 and 5. 8 and 5, yeah, that'd be fine. Give me, like, flashes of that IQ that you're supposed to have instead of, like, just failing inbounds passes all of a sudden now. That, that was embarrassing yeah he got pulled from the inbounds passing Ugh. and like i mean harry giles completely like ate his lunch like at this one point in this game like bender went up for a jump shot flat-footed 
and just got it. It just got sent out of bounds. It was like, it was more Bender served him the lunch too. Yeah, Bender like cooked him a meal, set the plate down, put the napkin on his lap, <laughs> and like guided the fork into his mouth. Basically, like he was flying the airplane. <laughs> yeah, yes, he definitely was. <laughs> okay, run through some other guys that kind of stood out. Um, Josh Jackson. Took an elbow to the face from Bagley early in the game. Got taken out of there. I assume he got a stitch or Four two. Stitches. Four, Four stitches. Then he came back with the mask. And even after he came back, he was still playing intense basketball. He, he doesn't, he's not a guy that's going to give up after he gets a little beat up. I, that's what I like about Jackson the most. Yeah, that's Jackson's game. I think he likes that too. He... He looks for that contact, and he can finish through it so well. And his free throw shooting is looking good. Like, not based on numbers or anything, but just the way his actual shot looks is so much smoother. I noticed it even more in this second game. So that's really good. Um, he's He had some really nice ball handling, too. Some really, really good dribble moves. He didn't finish all of them, which... I mean, what I always say is, it doesn't matter how fancy your dribbling is if you can't make the shot. But hopefully he can start adding a made shot to those moves. And he, he had a couple, but looked good. Right. Three for 12 from the floor. Uh, I think he was four for 16 the night before. So definitely a rough start shooting the ball. But, you know, all I want to see is when he does get to the rim, I want to see him finish. If he can make some jump shots along the way, that's all extra to me. I'll, I'll take him. But Yeah, the jump shot is the project. I mean, we knew this coming in. We knew that, like, it was his finishing around the rim, his ability to, like, evolve his ball handling and his defense. And the defensive intensity is there. Uh, he got two blocks, especially after he got the mask on. No one cared who he was until he put on the mask. <laughs> and uh, he went there and com- just denied Bagley big time and stood over him a bit and that was great he got he was he was quoted after the fact someone asked him if he was thinking about the elbow to the face when he did that and he was like that was all that was on my mind (laughs) absolutely god I love that yeah I mean the other thing with Jackson I think it's pretty clear that our coaching staff is just say shoot just pull the trigger green light green 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 light fresh green light with the walk sign and everything um because he's shooting a lot. Just let him do it. Him and Davon Reed, I think, both have that. Yeah. And the, they were kind of pulled aside during a uh, timeout in the first half by Kokoshkov. Or Kokoshkov and uh, kind of both like brought aside during a timeout and talked to. And it was Josh and Davon. So, I don't know what's going on there. But I think those guys just have the old, like the major green light right now in Summer League. Of just like, just go for it. Like, it doesn't matter. You guys, we would rather have you shoot than have one of these other guys shoot right now. Right. They're the guys with the experience. They're both offensive weapons. And they're the leaders. They're the leaders, so that makes sense. Go get us some buckets because Dragon Bender's not going to do anything. I, I want to talk about that block, too. DeAndre Ayton's reaction to that was awesome. Yeah. Ayton was on his feet. He was cheering hard. Maybe he's going to fill that big sauce role with the, the energy and the heart, along with being like actually a really good player, too. But it was it was cool to see Aiton get that pumped at a summer league game, and then Booker and Marquise Chris were also pretty excited as well because they were just on the baseline next to the bench. So 
Yeah, it was it was nice. It seems like Aiden and Josh are, are kind of are definitely building some camaraderie and stuff. Oh yeah, you've definitely seen in both games them going up and Josh either talking to Aiden after a play or Aiden going and talking to Josh after something, and then after that block, Aiden just seemed more hyped than anyone. I I think those guys are gonna get a nickname like the Splash Brothers or like something like we gotta think of something for those two. Let's do that. that. That'll be. We got an off day in Vegas here today. No Suns game, so maybe we'll we'll brainstorm that after we finish this episode. But don't don't expect anything. I'm, <laughs> don't expect anything good. <laughs> yeah, it or, probably won't be very good. You you've heard our other nicknames. So. <laughs> All right, we touched on him a bit, but Davon Reed had another nice game. Uh, not quite as nice as the first one, but twelve points, five boards, three assists, two steals. He really did fill up the stat sheet, but. The one thing I took away from the game that I didn't know Davon had in him, he went to the rim and he tried to flush one, cocked it back a little bit. He picked up the foul, but that that's something we haven't seen from Davon. We've seen a lot of jump shots out of him, but that spring is there. Yeah, I, I had no idea that he had that kind of spring in him. I would love to see a little bit more of that. And hopefully with not some idiot like almost undercutting him. I mean, like... right. That's something that the NBA really needs to start looking at as a major like foul is like that cut under. It's it's happening way too often, and you've had stuff already with Jalen Brown, like people thinking he had a serious neck injury, and then of course he only had a concussion, but that happened at the end of last year. The Patrick McCaw injury, they really need to look into these like kind of undercuts that are happening because like there's some serious injury that could happen, and Davon kind of had something happen to that, but he was fine. Thank the Lord. Yes. Yes. Right. And I think the undercutting is much more dangerous than accidentally brushing a guy's face when you're trying to block his shot. I mean, some of those fouls get so ticky-tack. If you're going to call a flagrant when a guy gets his cheek brushed, that's insane. And you're not calling undercuts like that that look really dangerous. It's like when a wide receiver gets hung out to dry and you know he's just going to get leveled. Like That that just gives me a crummy feeling. And when I see it, ugh. Yeah, but Davon looked really good. What I like from this game is he didn't start off the game very well. He was missing some shots. He was not in that rhythm that he was in in the first game. And he was able to turn that around, especially in the second half of this game. And that's where the majority of his scoring came from. So that's really good to see. Because a lot of times, I mean, that, that rhythm works in a negative way as well. And he was able to push himself out of that slump. So um, it's nice to see... I guess uh, not being super streaky. We don't want guys to be like that, and it doesn't seem like Reed's one of those guys. I mean, in the little that we've seen of him. So I've noticed uh, Mikel Bridges and Davon Reed sharing the floor a bit together, and I don't know what it is, but I really like when those two guys are on the floor. And I think it might just be basketball IQ for days. I think yeah. Davon just knows where to be. He's a great positional defender. I just I like what he does there. And Bridges does yeah. a lot of those same things too. Right. I mean, Davon was a four-year college guy uh, at Miami, which is just a good program in general. Um, and then Bridges at Villanova for three years, which is a great program. They're going to have a ton of that. And, yeah, I thought Bridges looked really good. He didn't, like, do a lot stat-wise – um, he only hit one three in this game, but his shooting just looks good. And like when he takes a shot, it always looks like it's going in. 
that's really nice to see. His defense is good. Basketball IQ. He knows where he needs to be. He's in the right spots. It's it's hard for these young guys to get an understanding of NBA defensive rotations. So it's really nice to have someone like Bridges and Reed just come in and have that right away. So really happy with what I've seen from Bridges. Um, just want to see him get a little more involved in the next couple games. Yeah, he's not really... People aren't really like searching him out. Our guys aren't necessarily. He's just taking what is given to him and... You know, about like him and Davon being in there, it was just a lot of length. Both those guys have nice wingspans. They're smart, like like defensive IQ kind of guys, and I, I think that helps a lot too. Um, he got searched out. He came on an, in on a cut into the paint in the second half and kind of flubbed the catch. But instead of going up and getting blocked, he was able to pass it out to the corner to Alec Peters, and Peters hit a nice shot. Like... Just making smart plays and, like, taking what's given to him, not trying to force anything, and you can't complain about that. And I'm really excited to see him alongside a guy like Booker or yeah. something like I'm that. I'm just excited to see Bridges get, like, not Summer League NBA action because he's just going to be able to step in and do this, I feel like. Yeah, I think so too. I'm confident with when Bridges gets thrown out there, he's going to know what he's got to do. He's not going to try to do too much. He lets it come to him. Let's the game come to him. Uh, let's let's talk about the point guards a little bit. We've been talking about the Shaq Harrison and Eli Okobo competition for the backup point guard spot and Shaq Harrison uh, rough shooting night 3 for 11 but filled up the stat sheet 9 points. Three rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block. So Shaq's always working hard, and we love it. And then Okobo, really quiet night out of him. No points, three assists, two boards, 0 for 5 from the floor. But Okobo, I'm not expecting big numbers from him each game, but I just like seeing what he can do so far. I I got to lean towards Shaq if I got to pick a backup point guard right now, though. I think Shaq might be trying to force it a little bit too much right now. He is really trying to get that, make sure he gets that roster spot and he isn't cut or anything. Um, I, I think that he's trying to force it a little bit more, but he is doing really well. He is showing a lot of intensity on defense, of course. Um, like, really just going out there and trying to play hard. Okobo had some real, was going for a little bit of flash with some of his passes early on. And it worked, but I, I think he kind of slowed down a little bit on that as the game went on. Um, had another one of those little skip passes and then did a behind-the-back pass to... Um, I don't remember who exactly was on the three-point line, but they almost flubbed the catch on it. Um, but, uh, you know, I was kind of okay with him taking the shots he did. I, I would have been fine if he kept on, like, just throwing it up there. I don't think his shot looks bad. You know, just sometimes your shot's going to fall and sometimes it's not. He had one little where he got into the paint and did turn around and try to do a little floater thing and it missed. It was just a little short. I'm sure that once he gets a little bit more comfortable with the minutes that he has, that he'll be able to make that fine. Yeah. I mean, Shaq is just, like, big for a point guard and athletic and works so hard. You have to love that hustle. Definitely fighting for that roster spot. And, yeah, right now you do have to give him a bit of an edge but I like what I'm seeing from Okobo. When it comes to being flashy, 
Like, I'm fine with flashiness here and there, but like like you said, David, that behind-the-back pass that the, I forget who it was too, but whoever was trying to catch it like was not ready, and it was very unexpected. Like, unexpected is good, but you still have to be able to set your teammates up. And as a Gonzaga fan, we see Josh Perkins, our point guard, try to get way too flashy. So sometimes when I see flashiness, I get a little bit scared. You don't want to rely on just being flashy. And I know this is a completely different case, and Akobo's a good player, but you just have to keep the flashiness in check. There's a time and place for it, for sure. But, like, make sure that the, the pass itself is the focus. I think it might have been to Peters or Bender is who that was to. And, you know, maybe we can just blame Bender for not looking for the ball and looking to score or anything. But, uh, you know, either way, I'm okay with some of that flash, just as he said, too. But I, I think that in the summer league where, you know, if you're, you got to watch who you're doing that pass to. A guy like Davon or Bridges, or, like, they're going to look to score and they'll be fine. But, you know, a guy like Peters or Bender aren't going to, like, shoot unless you're, like, looking at them, making sure they're ready to catch a ball. Yeah, I mean, it's also chemistry, too. That, too. I, I remember, I think Akobo tried to make, like, a fancy pass to Jack Cooley at some point, too, and we were like, don't don't pass to Jack <laughs> Cooley right there. You let yeah. Jack Cooley do his own work to get buckets. Right, exactly. You don't, you don't set him up. He, he does his own he work. He sets himself up. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, but that, that comes with time. Yeah. And you've got to experiment. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think that wraps it up for today. We got another game against the Magic that's Monday at 6.30. We'll be posting on Instagram during the game and another podcast the next morning. So tune in for that. Thanks for listening, and go Suns.